Solomon Kinley in the backfield. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. And Tua throwing the other way to a wide open Durham Smythe for the touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Diagnosis. Shotgun. Murray. Prognosis. Out of the pocket. Seven seconds. Osmos. Six seconds. Murray. And welcome back. Hour number two. We are live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, our Friday home each and every week here. And no better place to be. And we're inside the sportsbook powered by William Hill, T.C. Martin, Brian Benowitz, Ballpark Frank, not with us uh, today, but joining us is Mike Pritchard. That's right, the Las Vegas' very own Mike Pritchard, the former NFL wide receiver, and does a fantastic job on the media side as well, too, with Raider Nation Radio and VEASAN. Pritch, it is great to see you again, my friend. Great to be seen. This place. Yeah. <laughs> this place is, uh, as we know, fantastic, and it's always fantastic. And, again, it doesn't matter if it's a, a, if it's a weekend, a, a fantastic sports weekend, or the entertainment side, or as Brian likes to say, come over here and play some pickleball. That's all good, too. Pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> Fastest growing sport in America, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the world. So, so Double B, I, I, you, are you? I know how ready you are for for Monday night. H- how ready are you for Monday night? Well, I am prepared. I, I, it's been uh, what three years that we've been then we've been training we've, to become Raider fans. We were talking about We're it, getting right? it already, and uh, they took last year away from us, mm-hmm. uh, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the only time I've been in there, I've gone and visited my seats. I kind of padded my seats getting ready to go. And, and they kind of wet your whistle getting excited for that. Um, Monday night football, Las Vegas, kicking off the show. Raiders, it's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So, Pritch, let me ask you, what is your biggest anticipation or what are you looking forward to the most as the Raiders open up Allegiant Stadium with fans Monday night? Oh, man. What am I looking forward to the most? Yeah. You know, First of all, I can't believe we have the Raiders here. One, Allegiant Stadium. I mean, I'm from Vegas, right? And I never thought the National Football League was going to be here uh, with the franchise. But we are. We have one. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the reaction of the reality of that happening. Because last year I thought it was fake. Right. No fans, even though we had games. But it just didn't seem real. But this year, it's going to be real. I think from... The day we wake up, Monday morning, and then just the vibe. I mean, it's happening right now as everybody's coming in uh, to town right now for this game all around the world, really. Uh, so I'm just looking forward to the reaction and then going into that stadium on a game day uh, and then soaking up all that. You know, as a player on the field, there's one thing. You're focused on your job and try to get the job done and win. But I'm going to enjoy this one. Uh, I've been saying all week, actually all month, really, um, that I'm knees and elbows in this one. So I'm going to enjoy it in, in every way possible. Let me ask you, you know, playing from a player's perspective, playing in a new stadium like yeah. with fans, is it a big deal to players? Or what are those feelings like? And do you have any past experience of, of going in and maybe playing in a brand-new shiny stadium as a player? Yeah, we opened up the Georgia Dome. 
Um, so my first year in Atlanta, we were playing at Fulton County outside, and then we knew that they were building the Georgia Dome at the time. Now they tore it down, right? Well, I was going to say, what but, an upgrade back in yeah, those days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was an upgrade back then. But, no, the anticipation and playing in there, we played in there in preseason, so we got used to it. But, yeah, it's exciting to get into the new building, the new locker room, fill everything out. But, you know, look, you, you got to play a football game, and you got, I don't know, the Baltimore Ravens across from you. So uh, the newness factor goes away quickly. I mean, you got to focus on your job and try to get a W. So uh, I, think, I think the players initially will take it in. But, it, like, for instance, the Ravens coming to town. Okay, where's my locker? Where do I get dressed? We've seen lockers, yep. right? And, and so it, it's not going to have any impact that way. Yeah, I, I would think that the uh, community, it's bigger. You know, yeah, as yeah. Pritch said, you know, I've been here now over 30 years, and, and it, Las Vegas was never a, a destination for the NFL. In fact, the NFL was anti-Las Vegas for many, many years. Uh, and then recently, with, with sports gaming really being more accepted, it's accepted across the country. Uh, and the, through the success that the Vegas Golden Knights had, uh, it was a natural fit when, when they couldn't make a deal in Oakland to bring this team down here. And you built this. We watched it being built for years over there. Uh, just a, a, a beautiful stadium, far better than anything that we've ever seen out here. I mean, compare it to Sam Boyd. I mean, it's, it's not even a comparison. So uh, it, it is a joy to have it. You see it on every news broadcast. You see it across. You read the billboards. You see the commercials. People are ready. This town is ready. They're ready to attack it. And let's, I believe the Raiders are ready to go. I mean, uh, they're excited. This, this is a team that has been close. They haven't figured out how to win. Haven't figured out how to finish the last couple of years when it looked like they were going to make the playoffs. Now it's time for them to go over the hump with the fans there. Especially for you, Pritch. I mean, you're a Las Vegas native. And going back to what you said in the beginning, it's like you never thought or anticipated that the Raiders would be here, let alone the NFL would be here. Yeah, right. I mean, talk about you know, in your lifetime and where we're at now. Well, it's so different, TC, you know, uh, getting into the league and, you know, you're sitting there and you get ready, you take your physical, you're getting ready for training camp. And one of the first meetings you have of the year is with the FBI. (laughs) And here they come storming in saying, you better not step into a sports book, you know, protect the shield, that kind of thing, integrity of the game, that kind of thing. And be be careful of this guy or that character. Right. These are known people around sports books. And so they gave us all this information, but it was designed to scare us not to walk into a book. Okay. And, and so being from Vegas, I, I thought the eyes were on me big time. And I didn't want uh, the eyes to follow me. So I stayed away and clear of, of sports books and um, stayed away and clear of people that were known to be around <laughs> so sports books back then. So. Uh, now that I've retired, and, and, and certainly even for the 20 years up until this past year, I didn't go into a sports book, really. Uh-huh. I mean, I would go in there uh-huh. for appearances and stuff, right. but not, not, I wouldn't go clear or even near a window, right? Uh-huh. But now since what Brian was talking about, I mean, the NFL has aligned themselves with, the national, uh, with uh, sports betting. So uh, I have no problem walking into a book and walking up to a window and placing a bed now. <laughs> And just in the time that I've known you over the last five years or so, it's like, yeah, yeah you, you know, you, you said, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. But again, as you walk in to that NFL locker room, the big sign is right there on the door. Yeah. None of that. None of Cannot that. Cannot do any of that. And it's funny because a lot of people, you know, you used to hear it all the time. People would say, oh, you know, these players, they're on the take. They knew what the point spread was. I can tell you from just my personal uh, standpoint, being in locker rooms, those players had no idea what the point spread was. 
at, of, of the locker rooms that I've been in. And they weren't gamblers. They didn't know anything about They didn't even know how to make a bet. They, they, they weren't reading a newspaper and seeing what the line was. They, the majority of those guys had no idea. Well, they, they would scare you. I mean, they would scare right. you. Sorry about that. But uh, yeah. seriously, I, I, if you were willing to place a bet, then, then, I mean, if you were willing to place a bet, then, I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, something's wrong with you at that time, right. at that point. So, yeah, I mean, they would scare the hell out of you, seriously. Mm-hmm. TC, this, this is about as difficult a sport as you'd ever see. The NFL quality of players, if you're over there thinking about a point spread when you're out there trying to block <laughs> or run or try to get across the middle to get the ball, you're going to get knocked out of the league. So uh, just the, the likelihood of you surviving in this league over five years, to, to, you, you need to make the money and you need, to be, you need to produce and you need to go, it's unlikely because it's such a uh, fast and, and, and humong- violent sport. Right. So I don't think the players have any cause to even think about it because they don't have the time to. They've got to go out there and produce, and if, if their head's somewhere else, they can't produce in that sport. You know, we had 60, 70 years or whatever of this fear of Las Vegas and, and gambling, and then up until the last few years, now we're not even talking about it anymore, which I think is, is, is fantastic and beautiful. I mean, you know, the past commissioners were so worried, not just in the NFL, but every sport. Now we're not even discussing it. It's, it, it's such a foregone conclusion, and to go – completely 180 degrees, all of these leagues, especially the NFL, they're embracing it and have partnerships with casinos and sports books and that sort of thing. The, the NFL protected their brand and didn't realize by, by embracing what society wanted, which was a little gamble on a game, uh, they could extend their brand. Uh, for years, we hosted Super Bowl parties, and we had a... There was only so big of a screen you could do. Right. You couldn't put images of the actual teams or the logos. It was actually so silly uh, to go through it. They'd come in and say, well, you can't charge admission. Well, we, we don't. We're not. This is for guests only. I mean, there's just things that they did that, 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 that was uh, against what they should be doing, which was com- continuing to do their brand. And their brand now is as, as big as it ever is, mm-hmm. coming off of a year that was very, very difficult on them and, and all pro sports mm-hmm. and right, sports in general. Right. Yeah, I mean, if uh, the NFL, which their goal, their stated goal is to take their game global, then the only way for these owners to take their game global is to align themselves with gaming, uh, sports betting. And so they knew that, and it was just a matter of time. They wanted to educate themselves, and they got educated. They knew it was regulated. And so from an integrity of the game standpoint, I don't think the league is worried at all. Right. Mike Pritchard's uh, join us, the former NFL wide receiver, Brian Benowitz here, T.C. Martin here on this Football Friday. Talking about Raiders and Ravens Monday night, this Raiders defense has six new starters. How improved will this defense really be? From last year? That's a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no-brainer. Everything, yeah. Everything's an improvement. But I guess, I guess I'll, I'll fine-tune it like okay. this. So you've got Ngakwe, who came yeah. over from, from Baltimore. Okay, He was a big signing. And now you get Gus Bradley, which I think personally is a, a great move because right. Gus Bradley's been an architect of, of some great defenses, Legion of Boom in Seattle, and, of course, you know, even with the Chargers. Even when he was a head coach with Jacksonville, their defense was, was pretty good. But be able to now dip into guys like K.J. Wright and bring them over. And, and we can get into that debate with K.J. Wright still has a mileage you know, left in the tank or whatever, coming over 10 years with Seattle. And then you got Denzel Perryman as well, too. So this looks like a very improved Raiders defense. I guess the question is, how will this portray 
down the course of the season with these guys and translate into wins. Yeah, I mean, does the improvements make uh, make this team a, a better team, right. and does that equal wins? I mean, certainly, there, absolutely. I, I think any marked improvement of the defense, you're going to see the chance for the Raiders to win more games this year. I, I'm one to not doubt that they're going to be improved enough to help them win games. I, I think they're going to create turnovers. Uh, I believe they're going to be able to pressure the quarterback this year. Uh, I think the Raiders should be able to stop the run, too. But more importantly, keep points off the scoreboard. I mean, I think the National Football League today is easier to move the ball between the 20s like we saw last night. I mean, look at all the yards and the plays that happened. 882 yards. Yeah, but look at the (laughs) score, though. Each, Each team had 13 possessions, but you only went over 30 points with that last field goal, the winning field goal. So... Uh, you know, the turnovers in the red zone or the uh, missed opportunities in the red zones, we saw that, the mistakes, the penalties. We can move the ball between the 20s. That's not going to be a problem. But can the Raiders' defense be good enough to keep people out of the end zone? And if they are, then this defense should should be okay this year. I mean, this offense should be okay this year in, in terms of putting up points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're going to be more prolific. So yeah, that equals more wins to me if you're asking me about the Las Vegas Raiders this year. Yeah, I think the Raiders are a playoff team. I think that they can get over the hump. Uh, I think they've improved their defense. The bar was very low. Uh, and so they, they've improved their defense. And then it comes down to health. Uh, and, and do you turn the ball over? And can you score in the red zone? The, the Raiders did not score in the red zone late in the season last year. And it hurt them. They did put up a lot of points. But when they needed that last push, they were settling for field goal attempts. And that, that was a difficult thing to watch. And they end up, you know, when, when you've got to score seven and you're putting up three, uh, it, it's a little deflating to the guys on the field as they go headed back out there. So uh, I think uh, this is a, a team that's been learning how to play. Now they've added some 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 great points on defense. They got a great offense. They got the best tight end in, in the in the in the country right now. I think. And, and Waller. And Darren Waller. Yeah. And, I mean, Waller's a superstar. And uh, you know, I think they build the team around him and Josh Jacobs and and Carr. I think he can control the line of scrimmage. He's got. He became more masterful. It seemed like over the last couple of years. And uh, it does come down to, hey, can they finish games? Can they can they force the big turnovers? Can they get their offense back on the field? So, you know, time will tell. Chris, do you see any question marks on the offensive side of the ball? Offensive line. Yeah. You know, Andre James, uh, Leatherwood, I mean, they're, they're young, right? And uh, you always have questions about those guys. And then you look at this week and what the Ravens are going to bring in terms of pressure and, and different looks and strength. And so you wonder if the offensive line is going to hold up and be okay. But you got Coach Cable. He's one of the better offensive line coaches in the league. Uh, and, and so I, I think the Raiders feel comfortable. But you don't know until that game, right? And uh, Colt Miller and Richie Incognito is going to be all right on the left side. That right side, that right tackle, uh, going up against the Von Millers of the world and the T.J. Watts. You know that's in the future, right? But uh, I, I want to see that come together. I, I, that's the only question mark I have at this point. How about Richie Incognito? I mean, is this guy going to be healthy? I mean, he's he's still not healthy. And have we seen the best of him in the rearview mirror? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, the, the offensive line is going to make it go. So, uh, you know, who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see I mean, as of today, I mean, they're saying incognito is still, he's like questionable. Well, you know, when you're injured and old, yeah. you're always going to be questionable. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I mean, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's, like, if he's questionable week one, he's going to be questionable week two, week three, week right. four, week, all the way through 17. I mean, 
And so I, the Raiders are ready for that. They drafted uh, Simpson from Clemson. Right. And, and so they feel pretty good about that. I know they feel good about Denzel Good at right guard. If something were to happen and the leather was not great, they can kick him out. And they have some other people to insert. They got uh, um, Nick Martin uh, as a backup center. I mean, they, they can do some things, and he's experienced. They can do some things to help out the offensive line if they feel like they have to. And, and Richie, you would love to have him, but I, I think he's a guy that's just going to be questionable each and every week. All right. So, so the Ravens are missing a lot of weapons coming into this game. Uh, you know, I mean, it, there's not, there's not as going to be as prolific offensively. Can they push the, the, the front around? I don't think so. Uh, uh, I think uh, Lamar Jackson's going to be not going to be in a difficult spot there without the, the weapons he has on the outside or in the backfield. If you're the Raiders defense, Pritch, how do you limit or slow down or hope to contain Lamar Jackson? <laughs> um, that's a great question because I, I don't think you can. Put it this way, this offense averaged the Ravens, averaged almost 30 points a game, right under 30 points a game last year. And that's with Lamar Jackson missing some time in games. And then I saw Lamar Jackson only passing for 2,700 yards. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> they averaged 30 points a game, and their quarterback only threw for 2,700 yards last year. So... He is just an unbelievable athlete. He's a game changer. He's a playmaker. Uh, and for anybody to suggest that you can stop him, I mean, that, good luck with that. You can control it, but I don't think you can ever stop a player like that. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned the injuries, Brian. Uh, the Ravens hit hard. Uh, Gus Edwards, their running back, uh, tears an ACL out for the season. In practice yesterday, Marcus Peters, their cornerback, same thing with him. Um, they were missing J.K. Dobbins because Edwards was filling in for him. Remember J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, Justice Hill. Saw him at Oklahoma State. Uh, all those guys gone. And now you, they signed Latavius Murray today. Le'Veon Bell, they signed him last week. And Devontae Freeman. I mean, we think about these guys who were really on the shelf, Pritch. I mean, Murray, especially Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, these guys were, those guys were pro bowlers. Those guys were all-stars, you know. And uh, now, I think now they're Pritch on practice. played with Freeman. They're, they're on the practice squad, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a different-looking Baltimore Ravens backfield. And uh, what do we expect to see, you know, Monday night with this backfield? Well, you know, I, I think a backfield is as good as his offensive line. I mean, unless you're Barry Sanders, um, unless you're a running back like that, does your offensive line really matter? I mean, even Emmett Smith will tell you he's a Hall of Famer because of the offensive line that he had. You know, he, he wasn't a very elusive running back. So in today's NFL, we don't see a lot of elusive running backs like we saw with Barry Sanders. So... Ronnie Stanley coming back on that left side for the Ravens. I think they're going to be solid. Um, Nueva is coming over to play right tackle. We'll see if he can hold up and play well. I think he can. And then interior, they're going to be all right. They're tight ends. Boyle and, and Andrews, those guys are phenomenal. So I think they're going to be okay with the offensive line. Uh, and whoever they insert at running back, they're going to run that scheme. They're going to run whatever scheme they run, whether it's wide zone or inside zone. And the Raiders are going to have to find a way to get off blocks, be violent, and get to the football. You mentioned Ronnie Stanley, another Las Vegas yeah. uh, local product, Bishop Gorman. Uh, he is. From, from one guy looking at another guy like that, how excited is he, he going is. to be on Monday night? He is unbelievable, man. He is. He's coming back from an ACL, but yeah. 
I, I think he's one of the premier players in the league. I mean, at any position, really. I think I think he signed the highest contract for an offensive lineman yeah. and then got hurt like the next week. So mm-hmm. that was a shame. So for him to be able to open up Allegiant Stadium again, coming a Gorman product coming out here, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, very special. All right, Mike Pritchard to join us, and we're talking Raiders and Ravens. Let's talk a little bit about the AFC West. Uh, you know, you've been in Denver a couple different stints there yeah. co- covering the Broncos. Uh, this team is getting a lot of love. And this, I don't know how much you put in to preseason stock, but this team looked really, really good. According to Vic Fangio, had a fantastic camp. And if you kind of look at through, you know, teams throughout the National Football League, Denver's right at the top as far as most impressive uh, you know, training camps. What do you think of this Bronco team? I, I think their roster is pretty solid. Um, their secondary might be the best secondary in the league. They have all cover guys back there. Kareem Jackson's playing safety, but he used to be a corner. Uh, Justin Simmons is a safety, but he is a corner too, though. But And so you have all cover guys in a Vic Fangio scheme. I believe he's going to run a 3-4, which means they're going to have a true nose tackle, and they're going to make Vaughn Miller a linebacker, which, I mean, that's going to be a problem for offenses just trying to figure out protections with two outside linebackers as opposed to two defensive ends. Now, Bradley Chubb on the opposite side, he's banged up and he's got ankle problems. We'll see what happens there. Interior linebackers are not stellar. They're not what Big Fangio's used to, but I think he can make it work. But their three down linemen are are, are pretty pretty stout, right? And so I think that defense is going to be good. And then offensively, they have so much to like. Williams, the running back, rookie, he is outstanding. Uh, Jerry Judy, outstanding. Cortland Sutton, he, before the injury, he was a pro bowler. Outstanding. Noah Fant can run a 4-4. Outstanding at tight end. Uh, and then offensive line, Mike Munchak has come over and done a Hall of Fame job with the personnel that he has up there. So I think, I think the Broncos will be as good as their quarterback situation will allow them to be. Different feeling there in Denver today than it was, say, two years ago? No, <laughs> no, because it's Vic Fangio. He hasn't won a game in September. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people, okay, yeah, he's an extraordinary defensive coordinator, which he is. I played against him. Right. The Dome Patrol with the Saints. <laughs> and he had all four Pro Bowl linebackers. So, um, but as a head coach, he just hasn't carved out his path yet. And, and I think a lot of people have questions about that so far. Right. Chargers. Thoughts about the Chargers. Obviously, Justin Herbert, Yep. you know, uh, coming off of a fantastic, you know, first season. We see a little bit of a sophomore slump, you think? No, not from him. Yeah. Um, the coaching situation, though, because now you got yep. a young new player staff, with yep. new offensive coordinator already. Yep. Uh, now, I, I think they can make it work because he hasn't gotten used to the prior, Shane Sykin, the prior offensive coordinator. So now he's got to get used to Lombardi and... And but you got to get used to him in a game because he didn't have any preseason action, and that's going to be hard to do, I would think, to get used to your coordinator and for your coordinator to get used to you in game situations. So maybe expect a slow start, but eventually he's too good. Eventually he'll he'll get it. And we know what the Chiefs uh, offer, obviously as well too. And uh, a little bit of trivia for you guys here uh, with the with, with the Chiefs and. Uh, so the Chiefs are trying to be the only team since well, two other teams that have gone to three consecutive Super Bowls. Can you name them? Three consecutive Super Bowls? Yeah, that's right. 
Well, you know the Buffalo Bills went to three consecutive Super Bowls. There you go. That's one of them, yeah. Who's the other one? The other one went to three consecutive Super Bowls. Uh, was it Dallas? No, it wasn't Dallas. Pretty good, though. Pretty yeah, okay. Venture, I guess. Yeah. I'll say it's an AFC team. Yeah. It, was it Miami? There you go. See? We got the knowledge here. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Miami's back in the 70s. Yeah, there you go. That's yeah. old school, brother. That's old school. That's TC's days. Yeah. <laughs> That's my days, too. So. <laughs> there you go, man. Yeah. Well, to listen to you, man. That was the only Super Bowl I've been able to go to was uh, 79. Uh, so, Pritch, we got to talk Colorado. The Buffaloes in action against yeah. Texas A&M this week. Are we still... Catching 17? You're catching, you're catching 17. Okay. Believe me, I didn't put on the best bets, but I was pretty close to putting on the best bets. Why, why is A&M getting this much love? Seriously, I, I know they're high ranked, but this game's in Denver. There's, yeah. That's There's an saying, altitude. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, I, I, Colorado's had a respectable team the last few years, maybe a little down last year, but uh, I, I don't get this number at all. I'm going to let Pritch speak from the Colorado side, but from the, a, from the A&M side, I mean, there's a lot of people who believe that Jimbo Fisher has some tremendous athletes. He's got a couple good, you know, recruiting classes. And, uh, you know, but I'm still not sure about the quarterback taking over for Kellen Mond. You know, I was never a big Kellen Mond guy Kellen to begin Mond. with. And I did not like him. <laughs> and, they've, and they've got this young kid right now that they're uh, speaking very highly of. But they think the A&M defense is, is the real deal. But, uh, and again, I think it goes back to not giving Colorado and some of these mid-level or lower tier Pac-12 teams much respect. So I think that's why the number is what it is. But Pritch, give us some thoughts about Colorado. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a lot of weight because it's A&M and the SEC. Like if A&M was still in the Big 12, right. I don't think it'd be 17. Yeah. Uh, but it's A&M and the SEC, Jimbo Fisher, and uh, I think that's baked into the line here. But you're right, Ryan. The altitude, that is no joke. And those kids from, what, middle of Texas? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good luck with that altitude, right? And But I, I think the Buffs can stop the run. Well, neutralize it, slow it down enough to help. And then can we be explosive on the outside, which, you know, Brendan Lewis is a quarterback. He's a young guy, too, so we got two young quarterbacks. But we have Brendan Rice, who is Jerry Rice's son. And we have this kid by the name of Dimitri Stanley. Walter Stanley played in the league for a while. He played for the Packers and the Lions. Yep. This is his son. And Dimitri Stanley, for, for my money, is the best route runner in college football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is that good. And, wow. Uh, you know, for A&M, we'll see if they can contend with that. But uh, this is going to fall on the coaches, I believe. And, and if if the Buffs and our coaches have them ready to play, this could be a, a more competitive game than people think. All right. Will they pack that place? I'm sure we'll have a good crowd there. What do you think? I, I think so. Yeah. I think. Well, I don't know if it'll be sold out, but there'll be a great college crowd there, though. And why, and why is this game... At home with the Broncos. Why is it not on campus at Colorado or somewhere? What, what is the deal with this? Well, we yeah. were supposed to go down there last year, but COVID, we didn't go down there. Yeah. And I thought the home and home was going to be on campus. But right. to, so to showcase, Colorado was locked in with a showcase at Mile High with CSU. Right. That's tradition um, every year they yeah, do that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they swapped out CSU for an AM. Well, that's good. To complete out this <laughs> showcase. But I, I, going forward after this year, I believe big games like this will be on campus. Though. All right, good deal. Mike Pritchard in the house uh, joined us. All right, when we come back, it is our best bets time. We're going to be breaking it down. Our three best college plays, three best NFL plays. So we've got that happening. Trevor Madge is going to be back joining us. Matthew Holt as well, too. Pritch has got his best bets. Double B, 
We're ready to roll here on a Football Friday TC Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me big. TC Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, get all of your action in here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, the William Hill mobile app. It is so easy to use. Make sure you do that and use the promo code TC50. Get $53 in your account when you deposit a new account. If put at least $50 in, use that promo code, boom, $50 for free will go right into your account. So go up to the counter, go at any of the William Hill Sportsbook properties around town, whether it's the kiosks or into the book, and use that promo code TC50. Get the William Hill mobile app, and you still have time to sign up for the Pro Pick'em Contest and the College Pick'em Contest as well, too. Over a million dollars in cash available for that. So you got till tomorrow to get signed up for that. All right, glad to have you with us. Our Friday home, of course, here at the Cosmopolitan Las Vegas. We were here last week talking a lot of college football, now it's week one of the National Football League, and you know what that means. Our best bet segment is back, and it's time to roll with the best bets. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, our three best college games, our three best pro games, and Double B says that I should lead it off. So I will go ahead and join us today. Our special guest, Mike Pritchard in the house, Raider Nation Radio, Beeson. And, uh, of course, the former NFL wide receiver. Always love having Pritch on with us. Matthew Holt from U.S. Integrity. Our guy on both sides of uh, the counter there. And Trevor Maddich. That's right. Our college football guru all participating today along with Double B. Brian Benowitz here at the Cosmopolitan. All right, guys. I'm going to shock you a little bit how you're Double B. I'm going to start off in the Cal-TCU game. And that's right. I'm going to go against my namesake. This is the rematch, fellas. You remember it very well, don't you, Double B? I do. The 2018 Cheez-It Bowl. Yes. One of the worst college football games that we ever saw at that point in time. It I, was one of the ugliest games. I remember nailing that game. There you go. You yeah. did nail it. Yeah, yeah it was 10-7, to 7, the final. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and, and the Bears covered that game. So there you go. Uh, I'm getting on the Cal Bears plus 11 and a half here. Uh, you got Chase Garbers, who was their quarterback, was a freshman and was actually in this game. And so was a running back, Christopher Brooks. Well, 25 starts later, these guys are studs, and uh, they are back in this game. Cal played a great half. I know it doesn't really mean much. Last week against uh, UNR, Reno, Nevada, whatever we want to call them. We've got to call them Reno, right, Pritch? Uh, but they did march up and down the field, and then things didn't go so well in the second half for Cal. But... Cal will be able to hang, I believe, in this game, getting an 11 and a half. And as we know, TCU has always been a little bit overhyped. Uh, never really been crazy about the quarterback situation. Not really sold on Max Duggan as well, too. And plus, TCU rarely blows anyone out. So I'll take the Cal Golden Bears plus 11 and a half in Fort Worth. Now I'm going to go back to the scene of the crime last week: Wisconsin and Penn State, the Badgers against Eastern Michigan. Bounce back time for the Badgers. That's right. I'm going to lay 26. I've got no problem laying it because we know what whiskey usually does to the, the Mickey Mac. All right? Uh, last week, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin played Penn State. Last week, Eastern Michigan played St. Francis. Do I need to say more? Wisconsin loves beating up on the Mac, and uh, they're going to have more focus on Mertz this week. I do not want to get Mertzed. 
I got Mertz last week, okay? Just like I got Hornybrooked in years past, okay? But you're going to see more of Danny Davis, our wide receiver, more of the running back, Ches Malusi. I think Wisconsin has a chip on the shoulder. And by the time they do the jump around, Brian, at the end of the third quarter, uh, this game better be 49 to nothing or 49 to 7, okay? That's what I'm banking on. But I'm going to take whiskey and I'm going to lay 26. And then I'm going to go back to the Pac 12, back to the underdog side. I'm taking the Stanford Cardinal plus 17 against SC. USC didn't look that good last week against San Jose State. Yes, they won, but their offense really struggled. Actually, two of their three touchdowns came on interceptions, came from the defensive side of the ball. That defense a little misleading as well, too, because USC did not have a sack against Nick Starkle, the quarterback from San Jose State. I understand San Jose State is a pretty good team, a good Mountain West team, but I'm going to take Stanford plus a 17 here. Stanford played at K-State last week. Made too many mistakes, too many penalties specifically. I think they're going to get that cleaned up with David Shaw. Quarterback Tanner McGee, pretty decent. He was actually only missed on three passes. Came in in relief last week, 15 for 18 against a pretty good packed uh, uh, K-State defense. I think it's too many points. I expect a close game. I will take the Stanford Cardinal plus 17. Double B, what do you got? Am I up now? I'm going to start off bright and early, 9 a.m. Uh, in South, or what's actually in Greensville, North Carolina. I'm going to take Beamer Ball. I'm going to take South Carolina, laying a very short number uh, of only two. They scored last week on a block punt and defense, just like his dad used to at Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't understand the spread. Uh, I watched East Carolina last week get pushed around by the uh, um, Mountaineers. Right at Appalachian State. They were 3-6 and six last year. Where's the love? Why is this game so short? SEC versus the American laying two. I'm all over it. I'll take South Carolina short number. I'm going to go, and, and you're going to love this pick, TC. Yeah. Rutgers. <laughs> Rutgers. Rutgers scored 60 points last week, and they routed them. Yeah. Greg Schiano came back. There's some belief there. Syracuse is a dog. They're going to go into the dome, and they're going to whack them. Uh, you only got to lay two points in this one, too. So I'm all over Rutgers. And my third favorite of the week, very rare for me to yeah. do that, Go to the big house. Uh-uh. Michigan is going to rout that team. Washington had nothing. Again, they scored one touchdown on their first possession and never came close to scoring again against Montana. Michigan is on a, they're going to be possessed. This game is a rout. It's 40 to nothing. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe 40 to seven. This I, is an easy win. I'm still trying to figure out why he thinks I'm going to like Rutgers. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm no Piscataway type of guy. That's not me. No, not at all. I'm, huh? I'm a city boy. Okay. You're a Rutgers guy. Come all right. On. Mike Pritchard, what do you got? Oh, the man, side? I'm, going, uh, I'm going big dogs here. We're going Oregon. I'm going over 63 and a half. Ooh, he's playing uh, a total yeah, here, huh? Yeah, okay. I think, you know, same thing, similar. It's not recency, but Ohio State maybe getting it together. I think Coach Day got it together <laughs> with his uh, offense. Uh, but I like Oregon uh, to, to bounce back as they struggled against Florida State, as uh, Fresno State, excuse me, uh, in terms of uh, that offensive output. So I like to over right there. Okay. Uh, and then I like Air Force. I know they're laying a big number on the road against Navy, but I think Navy, Navy just does not have – the talent that they used to. And, and, and you go off so much with passion and uh, discipline, right? But Air Force and Cahoon, I mean, they just got it together more than Navy has it right now. So I'm laying six okay. uh, for that one. And then the other big dog that I'm looking at, the other big dog that I'm looking at here, we talked about Colorado for sure. 
But I don't know if I want to go Colorado on that one. Uh, just for, you know, I don't want to bet on my team. Okay, <laughs> I, don't wanna, I don't want to jinx them. I don't want to jinx them. <laughs> but I, I do like some of these other matchups. I'm taking Iowa State at home because I'm catching four and a half points over Iowa. And I like the fact that... You're laying four and a half. Yeah. I'm laying four yeah, and a half. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah. So I'm laying four and a half. Sorry yeah, about that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like the fact that they are the favorite at home. Uh, Iowa is the big brother. And they have a two-to-one margin in that history of that relationship and state rivalry. But in Ames, Iowa, I think the Iowa State Cyclones is going to be ready for them. All right. Pritch is on the uh, over 63-and-a-half. Oregon, Ohio State. Air Force laying six against Navy. And Iowa State minus four-and-a-half over Iowa. All right. Let's go to Matthew Holt. Matt, what do you got? I'm going to start off with the Virginia Tech Hokies here in a game I very much expected to be on the other side. I flipped to this game thinking Virginia Tech at West Virginia next week. This is going to be a look-ahead spot. Give me Middle Tennessee State. And then I started crunching the numbers, and then I started looking at these two teams on paper, and I said, whoa, this one's going to be a blowout. I'm laying 18-and-a-half here with the Hokies at home. And one of the things that people need to be very aware of early in the season is the difference in the crowds in some of these stadiums. Did you see that crowd last week in Blacksburg when they hosted North Carolina? Some of these stadiums are still only a quarter full, half full, a different types of restrictions in place. It was crazy in Blacksburg. I expect it to be again this week for the Hokies, especially off the big win. They get the route here. I went ahead and took Pritch's squad this week. Colorado plus 17 and a half against Texas A&M. What was A&M doing last week? You know, Kent State misses a couple of chippy field goals last week at the end just trying to cover the spread. Uh, and Texas A&M just needs to run the football out. Instead, they throw it, throw another interception. I don't like this team. I think Jimbo's squad down there is a little bit unorganized. You know, Colorado, people forget this is a team that played in the Pac-12 title game last year and returned a whole bunch of talent. This is a good football team in, in, in Oregon. They're going to have the home field advantage in the, in the fans there uh, in Denver where this game is being played. That's a big number, 17 and a half especially for a game with a total that's only 50. So this isn't expected to be a shootout. It's expected to be a low-scoring game. I took the points with the Buffaloes, and I took Hawaii plus 11.5 against Oregon State. Last time these two teams played each other in 2019, Hawaii got the straight-up win, 31-28. I was optimistic when they hired Jonathan Smith four years ago at Oregon State, but the results just haven't been there. Coming off a game again against Purdue where they only scored 21 points last week. Hawaii was playing around last week in a game against an FCS opponent where they shouldn't have been. Turned the ball over seven times, made that game look a lot closer than it should have been. And oh, by the way, that week zero loss to UCLA doesn't look so bad considering UCLA turned around and beat LSU. Give me 11 and a half with the Rainbow Warriors. There you go. All right. Trevor Maddich making his best bets debut here. Trevor, give us your three, college. Okay, I'm starting with Iowa, Iowa State, and I'm taking the under, 46.5. Both of these teams played good defense last week. Both offense faltered a little bit. Iowa's offense looked better than it really was against Indiana because they had two pick sixes. So that's two touchdowns scored by their defense, not their offense. Their quarterback, Spencer Petras, was under 50% passing against Indiana, only 145 yards. I think this will be a low-scoring slugfest. Take the under. Then, 
South Carolina minus two at East Carolina. Last week against Appalachia State, East Carolina could not run the ball. They could not stop the run. They have a very good passing attack, but they couldn't run, couldn't stop the run. South Carolina is better on both sides of the line of scrimmage than Appalachian State. And they get their star running back, Kevin Harris, back this week from injury. He was second in the SEC in rushing. I think South Carolina covers that two points easily. And then Appalachian State at Miami. Now, Appalachian State's getting eight and a half points, and I think they cover that. Miami's in a real difficult spot. They played Alabama last week. They've got Michigan State next week. And when you play Alabama, you're beat up. You don't have a good week of practice when you're a team like Miami. And I think Appalachian State will look at this Miami matchup the same way that Miami looked at Alabama. It's going to be their early season Super Bowl. I think Miami wins this, but I don't think they cover. Take Appalachian State in the eight and a half. Mike, does that make a lot of sense when you're talking about, as a player, when you have a, a, a big game, a physical game the week before against a big-time opponent? What's that next week like? Sure it does. I mean, yeah. that's what you have strength and conditioning for, though, yeah. uh, to get you back, yeah. uh, to rebound. Uh, it's early in the season, too, so, uh, you know, there's injuries, but then there's the ability to come back. I mean, But you, you have to focus in, to me, on teams that are certainly going to be tip-top shape, uh, physical condition that way. All right, great stuff. Trevor Maddich coming strong with the three. All right, Trevor, we're going to work our way backwards here now, and we're going to let you kick us off with your three best NFL picks. Okay, I'm going to start with Minnesota minus three at Cincinnati. I've got Minnesota lay the points. Joe Burrow, the quarterback for Cincinnati, hasn't really looked that good in this preseason. He's coming back from a terrible knee injury last year, and he's looking still a bit tentative. Minnesota's offense will have Dalvin Cook at running back healthy. Their defense should be improved from last year. I take the Vikings to cover that three at Cincinnati. Then I've got San Francisco at the Detroit Lions. The 49ers will start Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback, so they'll have experience, but I don't think that is really going to be the difference in this game. The difference is that Detroit can't stop the run. San Francisco is healthy for the most part. They were injured a lot last year. It's one of the reasons that they they struggled so much. And I think they will just absolutely pound Detroit into submission with the running game. Now, Detroit's getting seven and a half. I don't think that's enough. I think that uh, the 49ers will win this game in old school fashion. And then I've got Green Bay laying four and a half at New Orleans, but this will be at Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. Last year, this game was won by the Packers, uh, and the Packers are about the same team, and the Saints are worse. Drew Brees is gone. His top two receivers and starting tight end are gone. Defensively, the team is a hot mess. This is the Saints now. So I think that four and a half is not nearly enough to be giving to New Orleans. I think the Green Bay Packers are as good or better than they were last year when they beat New Orleans. I think New Orleans is worse, and I think that playing at a neutral site instead of a home field will also hurt the Saints. Take the Packers. All right, Trevor Maddich coming strong in his debut here. The T.C. Martin Show best bets outstanding, my friend. Appreciate all of that, and all these picks will be up on the website. Matthew Holt, let's go NFL. 
I'm firing the Las Vegas Raiders plus four. Baltimore's offense is a mess. They can't keep a healthy running back on the field. I heard they were calling T.C. Martin to play running back this week. This is a team that has injuries on both sides of the ball all the time. I think Allegiant Stadium is going to be rocking this week for the Raiders. First game there with all the fans. I think it's going to be really exciting. Four points a little bit too much for Baltimore to lay on the road here. I'm on the other side of that Saints game. I took the Saints plus four and a half here. I think uh, people are underestimating Jameis Winston and the ability of this offense. Give me one of the best coaches in football, a track record and a history of getting it done in September. We all remember what this team did in the opener last year to Tom Brady. Turned him over over multiple times and absolutely took the defending Super Bowl champions to the woodshed. I think this one's going to be a really close game. I took the Saints plus the four and a half. And I took the Arizona Cardinals. I think this team has a chance to be this year's Buffalo Bills. A lot of weapons on both sides of the ball. I think Arizona's starting to put it together. And don't forget, last year, before Kyler Murray got hurt and went through that stretch where he was struggling or missed time, that uh, he was in the he was in the hunt for the NFL MVP. This team was really clicking. I have a feeling Arizona is going to be a little bit better than people think. Tennessee, while a good football team, not exactly dynamic. Everyone kind of knows what they want to do, pounding the ball behind uh, you know behind Derrick Henry. There, I think this is going to be a good football game, and Arizona may steal the win on the road. I took three points with the Arizona Cardinals. All right, great stuff, Matt. All right, Pritch, what do you got on the NFL side? Oh, man, I'm telling you, uh, week one is always intriguing, right, in the National Football example last night. Uh, But I like uh, the Eagles and the Falcons looking at that game. I like the over. Uh, 48.5 here. Uh, The thing about this game with the Dirty Birds, right, and the Eagles, the Battle of the Birds, if you will, uh, I think Matt Ryan has so many young weapons now with Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts. I'm really high on that guy. Uh, and a new coordinator that, that wants to establish himself as a head coach slash coordinator there in Atlanta. Uh, and then Jalen Hurts. I don't think Atlanta's defense is anywhere near it needs to be. Uh, so this game sets up perfectly for a lot of points to me. I'm looking at the 48-and-a-half, looking at playing that over. Uh, and I'm not going to shock anybody, I hope, but I like the Browns. <laughs> I like them better at six, but they're five-and-a-half now. Uh, re- revenge spot. Uh, that team, to me, with Odell Beckham Jr. now on the roster and active, goes to another dimension offensively. Not another level, another dimension. Because Odell Beckham Jr. healthy is all that to me. Uh, with that running game, that offensive line, and I think people are sleeping on the Browns and how potent they can be defensively too. Now, it's the Chiefs, I get it, at home, at Arrowhead, I get it. But the Browns were there. They had a chance in the playoffs. And, and I think they have revenge on their mind in that one. And then I'm going to piggyback on my third play. I, I think, and this is no Homer situation, but I, I think the Ravens could get ambushed here at Allegiant Stadium. So I like the Raiders, uh, the plus four situation too. Yeah, I think a lot of us uh, like that. All right, Double B, what do you got? I got three dogs. I'm going to go against the hype. I, I, I know everybody's big on Buffalo with the big year they had. I think that QB signed a, a what a, a billion-dollar contract, something ridiculous. I think the Steelers are going to come ready to play. Big Ben's going to show them up, and I think they're going to win that game outright on the road. Uh, so I don't even want the six-and-a-half, but I'll take it in the contest. And I'll take the Steelers early on uh, to win that game going away against Buffalo. Uh, the, the game that intrigues me is this Colts team was a very good football team last year, and now they're a dog first game at home against the Sea Chickens. Forget about it. Colts, easy. They're going to take that. I'll take the three points all day there. 
Lastly, I think the most overrated team in all of football based on preseason is the Broncos. So I'm just going against them, period. Uh, I, I like the Giants. I'll take the three points at home. Team cr crossing the country. Got to play in New York, in New Jersey. I'll take the dog there. All right, there you go. All right, guys, I'll round it out with this. Uh, I'm going to go with the Washington football team against the L.A. Chargers. Uh, Justin Herbert, nice story last year. Understand it. I'm thinking may have a little bit of a sophomore slump. And it's what we talked about earlier, Pritchett, you mentioned new offensive coordinator. I think it's going to you know, take some time and no preseason together. I think Washington's in a good spot in this game. And plus he's going up against Chase Young in that uh, vaunted Washington D. I did say it, a vaunted Washington D because the, they have a very strong defense. And in my opinion, the strength of this team. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with it. And you know what? The best thing for Washington right now is it would, they got rid of Dwayne Haskins. Now they can just get rid of Dan Snyder. They'd be in, in, in a whole lot better shape back there. But it's Fitzmagic, and I love Fitzpatrick. I remember we saw what Fitzpatrick did to the Raiders when he came here with the Dolphins last year at Legion Stadium, right? Hey, all Fitzpatrick does is win when teams discard him. And for me also, another key is Ron Rivera. He's building a good culture. I really like Ron Rivera as a head coach, especially with this team. He's built them up slowly but surely. I think Washington's a pretty solid team. Lane one at home, I'm going to take him. The cross-country travel, morning game, that sort of thing, I'll take Washington. I'm all over the Packers in this one, guys. Uh, the Rodgers drama is behind us. And remember, the problem never was Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, okay? It was it was him and Goody Koontz and the front office and that sort of thing. Him and LaFleur are fine. Uh, and uh, they've got so many offensive weapons back. you got running back Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and then they bring back uh, Randall Cobb, which made Rodgers happy. And plus you got uh, tight end uh, Robert Tanyan. He's fantastic as well, too. I think the Packers are going to have their way with the Saints team. And for me, they're too many question marks with the Saints with Jameis Winston a quarterback you have the travel situation they canceled their last preseason game they couldn't even play uh, you know they haven't been home for a while and you know what they're playing in Jacksonville the Packers could be the home team here basically because we know how many fans that the Packers have in the state of Florida so I like Green Bay in this situation and remember Green Bay beat the Saints last year 37-30 with Drew Brees in the Dome you get him in Jacksonville with Jameis Winston laying three and a half, four with the Packers. I'm fine with that. And uh, finally, I'm with you, man. I like the Raiders. I love the Raiders in this spot. I think the hype will be incredible. Uh, we saw what the Raiders did last year, beating the Saints at Allegiant Stadium with no fans. Now what's going to happen when they have the fans? And plus, this is a better Raider football team, at least on paper it is, than last year as well, too. I think Baltimore's got too many issues. they got injuries. They had the Lamar Jackson COVID situation. Uh, you know, they're facing a Gus Bradley defense. Oh, and the last time the Baltimore Ravens faced a Gus Bradley defense in the playoffs, the Chargers beat the Ravens. And uh, Gus Bradley has faced the Ravens twice in the last three seasons. Won one, lost one. But uh, I think he's got an idea on how to contain, I didn't say stop, but contain Lamar Jackson. And I know this Raider defense is still a work in progress. I think the Raider defense will be better down the road than they will be Monday night. But I think with those offensive weapons that the Raiders have, uh, again, getting four, I'll take it. I'll take the Raiders and take the home team. There you go. Those are our best bets, and you can catch all of those up on the website at tcmartinshow.com. Mike Pritchard's picks will be up there. Trevor Maddich, Matthew Holt, Brian Benowitz, all of ours are up there. And uh, Trevor and Matt, I want to thank you guys uh, for joining us here today. I appreciate it. Coming strong. And uh, I know our listeners will be checking out those picks, but uh, great analysis, my friends.
It's great to be with you, TC. This, this is fun, man. Let's see how it turns out. You got it, Trev. Okay, man. And we'll be watching uh, you on ESPN, of course. And, of course, Trevor is a regular uh, on our show each and every week. I appreciate you, brother. Be good and have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, TC. All right, Matt, you too. Uh, like Brian says, you can break it down any way. You can give... You can you can you can like either side that Matt gives you. He'll, he'll break it down. <laughs> Matt's the best. He, he confuses me every time. He, he gives him from either either end. March Madness. He's the greatest with that. He shows me exactly what side. I'm going to pass on the game. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Great to be on, guys. Best of luck this weekend. All right, great, and glad to have you back and everyone back here uh, with our best bet segment. Pritch, got to thank you again, my friend. It's always great to. To hang out with you, be yeah. on the air with you, man. And, uh, you know, you're doing great things over at VEASAN, Raider Nation Radio. Keep on keeping on, brother. I lo- appreciate lo- you. I-, I love it, man. And, and, and all the gaming now that you're diving into is great, too. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> I can't uh, tell you how thrilled it's been. It's been a fun ride so far, a year with VEASAN. And uh, it's, it's only the beginning, though. I mean, this thing uh, with what's happening with states and mobile betting everywhere, yeah. too. So uh, it's so exciting and certainly uh, happy to be a part of everything. You got it. And Double B, it's great to be back here, our home. Uh, appreciate you like uh, like no other, my man. I appreciate we're, you. We're thrilled to have you. Know, watch your eyes at 5 o'clock when you tune into Michigan. <laughs> 110,000 all in May's. All in all maze. In maze. All in maze this wow. weekend. If you've been c- catching wow. the, the Michigan tweeter or Twitter like I have, you know it's it's a maze out. Pritch, we got to put on our shades. Yeah, it's going to be, right? be wild, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's almost like watching like uh, when uh, in basketball. Remember when Illinois played Wisconsin, the orange against the red, yeah. and everyone was wearing orange in in uh, in the Illini Arena there. That's <laughs> yeah, going to be crazy. It's going it's going to be wild to see. We'll leave it to the Big Ten for that. There you go. Yep. All right. I want to appreciate uh, Numchuck back in the studio all uh, as well, and of course shout out to our man Ballpark Frank uh, in the hospital, but uh, getting better, my friend. So prayers and thoughts out to you, my man, and uh, we welcome you back uh, very very soon. And the G-Man Gilby, thank you very much, our newest member of the T.C. Martin Show. Appreciate you, my man. And uh, you got to love Gilby. He's got green and gold on his mind. He's He's got got Packers on his mind. He's a Wisconsinite. Are you crazy? He's got Raiders. He's draped in Raiders. Well, today he is, yeah. Yeah. He's like you. He's a season ticket holder in multiple places. Like you, the Winnipeg Jets, and the Golden Knights. Gilby, season ticket holder, Raiders, Packers. Next week, Jerry the Dentist here. Love it. Ready to go. Bring it on. I bet he'll have a Jet shirt on. Oh, yeah. A Winnipeg Jets. For sure. (laughs) All right, Pritch, thanks again, brother. Appreciate you. All right. And, uh... If you miss any part of the show, go to the website. The interviews are up there. Our interview with Mark Davis is on the website right now. The best bets are up there as we speak, so go check it out. Check it all out all the time at tcmartinshow.com. Monday, Aces play at 12 o'clock. The Raiders play at 515. I'm actually going to miss the first hour of the show. My man uh, C. Wynn, Chris Wynn, will be uh, filling in, and then I'll join him for hour number two, and then we'll all be headed over to Allegiant Stadium to check out the Raiders and the Ravens. Have yourself a great weekend. Enjoy your football, and we'll talk to you Monday.